0: without you
1: Walk without him, constantly need him without him, we are nothing. we completely depend on him. He's our source of strength and the rock of our salvation. I like that song we just raised if you have a need, just raise your hand, just commit all our needs to him and express that to him. Lord, we can't walk without you holding our hand. precious heavenly, Father, Lord Jesus Christ, you see, Father, how we love you how we depend completely on you father how we are realizing, father that we need you in this time of Latter-day see our people want to be independent father lord we realize we can we can depend we can depend on one person we only depend on you father lord jesus christ we desire you to come in our heart we desire you to have the preeminence we desire father you to lead us to be our guide to be our wisdom, to be Father, the one who has the absolute last word for everything, Father. Because we want to depend completely on you, Father. We want our hands to be on you, Lord. We can realize and think of that experience that Brother Branham had with Lord. Believe Billy Paul, Father, he want, didn't want to go on his own in that kitchen to take something. And Brother Branham was holding his hand. Uh, at one time, he arrived at the place where he stumbled. And Father, Lord, Brother Banam realized, oh God, the same way that little boy could depend on my hand holding him that how I depend on you, Father. Lord, in our walk, we depend completely on you, Father. May you lead us. May you guide us. We thank you, Father, for the eagle anointing that can love, Father, expose the enemy, that we can see the danger before it even comes, Father. But it's only by your grace that we rely completely on that light, when the evening light on our path, for you to lead us and to guide us, Father. Lord, we love you with all our heart. We express our thanksgivings to you lord for your grace for your mercy father we have nothing on our own all completely comes from you lord you are the one who gives any good benefit any good blessing comes from you father lord we commit the service in your hand the needs that have been expressed by the raising of the hand father you know them father may you supply you are still the ever-present help in time of trouble. You're still the same rock, the ever-present water on that rock, Father. Lord, Lord, may you supply to those needs. May you bless those who are here and those who are also streaming. May you bless the hearers and the speaker, Father. All of us want to be in unity, to be in the spirit, Father, for you to lead and guide. Father, we depend completely on you. In Jesus Christ, name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, brother. Mike, and nice spirit and welcoming spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit is also welcome. Feel welcome this evening. Greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For you who are present here, and those who are streaming. It's always a privilege to be in the house of the Lord, and uh, and. Uh, and under the sound of the message of the hour. Amen. Our greatest enemy is, is sometimes is, uh, things that we have to do for life and everything. And, and time and the flesh and get out of the way. But if it was not all that, there's no better place than just to be under the sound of the voice of God. No matter who's speaking. The prophet, someone else It's just refreshing. That's the only place that really feels satisfied satisfied anything else but uh, I invite you to go to the Word of God in uh, Psalm 31 David speaking says, In Thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in Thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be Thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For Thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for Thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength. In thine hand I commit my spirit, thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I am glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble, thou hast known my soul in adversities. May God bless his word. And we can have a seat. Thank God for the word. And we can all identify it, what David is saying there. Just rely on God once again. It is a rock, it is a fortress, it is a strength, it is the deliverer is all that to him and is the same thing to all of us and if he has redeemed in the past he can still redeem him today amen before i go further i just want to thank god for what is, has been speaking to us, us lately and we have been enjoying all the services thank god for that amen so you're using His ministers and uh, thank god for that just want to read a footnote from the, from the instructions before I go further when booking the service because uh, those instructions are still valid. And I'm going to do the work of the deacon for a few seconds here because what I'm going to say does not annul those instructions. It says, please do not attend the services if you have symptoms such as fever, cough, Difficulty breathing, running nose, sore throats, and any of the characteristics as found in the Alberta self assessment tool. You have traveled from out of country in the last 14 days. You have had close contact with someone who is confirmed as having COVID 1 plus 9. And if any of these apply to you, I refer to the Alberta self assessment tool for further instructions on self isolation and quarantine. Church instructions, important, please respect them, for the love of the brothers and sisters, amen. But I just want to add this evening, if any of these apply to you, also refer to the instructions of the Word of God. So I just want you to add something on the bottom of that, and then we are good, amen. So what I'm going to say is just apply to the, something on the bottom of that. Still correct, still applies. Please for let us all follow that for the respect and love of brothers and sisters and for each and every one of us, because we should not take that lightly. But I would like to, with that said, I would like to put the title of something I would like just to share this evening for a few minutes and put the title of my message this evening. I would like to talk on the symptoms. Um. As we've been seeing the leading of the Holy Spirit speaking to us on the faith and on the mind, as the battlefield, and uh, just want to talk a little bit on the outer circle, on the flesh, which is uh, uh, related to the symptoms. The dictionary defines symptom as any phenomenon or circumstance accompanying something or serving as evidence to eat. So when scientifically talking, the symptoms represent something that happens, if you see certain things, then it becomes for scientific world as evidence of something. But I just want to draw your attention to something as evidence. The Bible gives us also what is called the ultimate evidence. The ultimate evidence for the Bible is the faith of God. So by faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, is the evidence of things not seen. Amen. So the problem is, is the faith is the ultimate evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence of something that is more real, more real than anything else. Amen? See what the Bible considers as the real thing. The real thing is not what we see. The real thing is not always what we The real, real thing is not always what we see or what we feel or other things. The real thing is what God sees. Yeah. What God sees and what God says, that's the real and ultimate real thing. Amen? Yeah. In 2 Corinthians four eighteen says, While we
2: look not at the things which are seen, but are the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The things that are not visible are the things that are eternal. And what the Bible says, eternal things. God is the only one who is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. He's the eternal God. You can't comprehend how infinite he is because he's eternal. And if, if we were any thought, we are also eternal with him. We can claim and we can say with assurance that I was in God's mind. I was in God's thought before the foundation of the world because I'm part of him. Amen. So when you look on the natural things that you, and you can feel, although they seem and seem so real they can be, we can still refer to the Bible and say those things are temporal. They're only temporal. No matter how they take They might take one day, two days, three days, one month, a year, the, 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 whole, the, the whole 30 years and how long they take, they're still temporal. Yeah. One thing is eternal is the word of God. Yeah. One thing is eternal is God himself. Amen? Yeah. Look, I took just an example, when you see in the Bible, the things is the problem. I think the problem, where the problem comes, is the problem to determine what is the real thing. What God says is the real thing. Amen. I want just when the real thing might become, as we have heard many times, the real thing might come, oh, it's something real, it's something real to some point. But the real thing with capital R, cap, capital R is really what God says. Amen. Yeah. If you look at the life of Abraham, he was not looking at what he could feel and what he could see. He was looking at what God said. If God said so, that settled the questions. I can't question that. God said that and that's the absolute. I can move forward because God has said so. Amen. Look at the life of Abraham. If you look at Abraham, he could only look, consider what God was saying because he was not considering the conditions he were in. He was not looking at the conditions that Sarah was in. He was looking at the conditions. He was looking at what the word of God said about he those conditions. Amen. But a matter of things, I just want to relate to him. Some of the symptoms that Abraham could relate to and people could look at it. They could look at Abraham, says, Abraham, you know you are not young anymore. You have been with this woman for many years since you were a young boy. But you have never had a boy. It's not now that you are going to have a boy. It's not now that you are going to have a son. It's not now that you are going to have a child. Look, scientifically speaking, all this does not apply to you. But let me tell you, you know, if I look at all the symptoms, you don't, you don't, that evidence that you don't have it. You that the evidence you cannot have a child. But Abraham couldn't look at the deadness of the womb of Sarah, neither at the deadness of his own body, but he could look at what God said. Amen. Many times we find ourselves in situations that correspond exactly for what has been described. But don't stay at that, that level. You need to, we need to come to a higher level than that. Even though I'm in these conditions, there is something that has to supersede the conditions I'm in. Because there is a way out. Amen. Certainly, he was old. Certainly, he has been living without life. Certainly, he couldn't depend on his own capacity. Certainly, he couldn't depend on his own ability. But God was the one, the strength giver. Yeah. God was the solution for the situation, the condition that he was in. That was the way out. Amen. Yeah. The womb of Sarah was, was dead. She's me for some expressions. The stream of life in both Sarah and Abraham was dead. Sarah has no strength to go through labor. All the different things we could put, but it didn't apply to Abraham. Abram looked beyond that. He considered not his own body, I'm repeating myself, but he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. The Greek word for considering here, I like the way they're putting that, the way the expression of the considering, it means that he, he didn't fix his own eyes or mind constantly on that situation. That were not he was, he was not focusing on that situation, he was not focusing on these conditions. They were there, but that was not what he was putting all the emphasis on. He was not putting an emphasis on, on that, he was putting his emphasis on what God said. Amen. Yeah. He could ask he could ask Sarah from time to time, how are you feeling? Oh no, it's nothing, no different. Still the same thing, the same symptoms, the same thing, the same way. Oh, no problem. We are going to have our son. He's coming. The next day, how are you feeling? Oh, it's the same thing, the same conditions. You know, I can't bend. I can't do all the things. Oh, the same thing. Oh, no problem. We are going to have our son because God said so. What you feel doesn't determine the outcome of what God said. It's what God has said, and my faith in what God has said that determines the result. But sometimes us as son, and daughter and daughter, us a son and daughter of Abraham, when sometimes we look at the conditions that we are in, oh, the conditions take the whole thing. Oh, I'm a little coughing and I'm throwing. I'm, you know, oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. That's not the attitude of Abraham. Yes, Yes, I have throats. Yes, I have these. But God is my deliverer. God is my defense. God is my healer. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is my light. Amen. I will not trust in those things. I will trust in God. Why is it so important to check the symptoms in the light of the word of God? Because the prophet says the following.
1: He says code that we all know, but or we might know says, "God's covenant with Abraham, don't look at your symptoms.
2: The symptom is the worst thing. The enemy, dot dot dot. God has to fight against symptoms. If you allow me just to combine that, is the worst thing the enemy, or maybe, is the worst thing God has to fight against. Symptoms. Everybody says, Well, I was prayed for, but my hands know better. It will never be like that, never will. You are looking at your hand. Don't look at your hand, look at what God said. Don't stay on the focus on how your hand is feeling, or thinking. Look at what God said. Amen. As a prophet, he knows how to expose the enemy and his tricks. He's saying it's the worst thing that God has to fight against. Well, we can wonder ourselves, why is the worst thing that God has to fight against? Because all our life we have been trained to believe what the five senses are telling us what you see that what you see what you feel that how you feel i've been telling sometimes i tell my wife you need to know your body how your body responds because sometimes when it responds this way you can even predict how it can how it because you know your body you need to study your body and I know sometimes my body, and every part of us, we know our body. Or when this happens, usually this, 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 because we have been trained to know our body and to believe those five senses, they, 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 they are part of us. But we need now to get to a level where when those five senses don't correspond to the word of God, we need to leave that training aside and say, yes, I can feel this. I can take some precautions, but there is something above that that has to determine how I can overcome what I'm feeling. The prophet goes even deeper than that. He says in the super sense, he says that those five senses, they dominate us. Those five senses which are known to be in the natural man, they are good and we cannot operate and live a normal life. When one of these senses fail to act, your sight, your hearing, your feeling, your smelling, your testing, we cannot be normal without them. There is something missing, some portion of life that we cannot contact without that sense acting. But there is good and they are useful, they are given to us by God. God gave those senses, but they are given to you as a gift. And it depends on how you, what you yield these senses to, will be the way that your life is controlled. Your life can be controlled and is controlled by how those five senses, we are yielding to them. The way you yield to these five senses, what you see, what you hear, what you taste, smell and feel, whatever those senses are yielded to, they will dominate you. Those, if you don't pay attention, they become and they dominate your life. They dominate how you live. They dominate, determine your decisions or how you make a decisions, depending on how they dominate your life. The world is elevating those five senses. Then, as the situations, version, time we're going and different times, is those five senses are taking the upfront. If you test, if your test change, then oh oh. If your eyes change, oh-oh, if your smell changes, oh-oh, yeah, too many oh-ohs, but there is something that cannot change. is the faith in the Word of God. It should never change. Remember, there are only the five senses on the outside, but there is a greater sense that the world is, not, is ignoring. It is the super sense. Now, we are not asking you to, to ignore them, the five senses, that not we're asking you to ignore them. Well, no, the, not the, the Word of God is not asking us to ignore them. But the Word of God is giving us a secret. He says, you need to allocate the ability of each role to each sense. You know, you cannot trust the food. Oh, this food, it tastes so good because it looks so good. The looking doesn't determine how it tastes. It's the taste that determines the real taste. Amen. Because as a whole, you know this. This oh, you know this really is so good because it smells so good. Oh, test it first. You know really how good it is. Why? Because each sense determines the real, it has ability to determine how the end result is, the qualification that you are giving to it. Amen. So the prophet says here, in the super sense, the super sense says, the super sense is the Holy Spirit, the faith of God that dwells in you. If you let the five senses be yielded to the sixth sense, it will guide you, it will bring all the other five senses is under control to that super sense yes you see it good and everything but the one who is guiding you it has to be the holy spirit yeah. because the other senses shouldn't guide all your own life because they don't have that ability to guide all your life it's far above the natural sense. As the spiritual man is above the natural, it is as far as as high the heaven is. Above the natural man His five senses. It makes you believe things that you cannot see. It makes you act where you do not think the five senses will ever think about it. The devil can get into these five senses and lie to you, but he cannot touch that super sense. That's far beyond this reach that comes from God. It's called faith. Faith is that great thing. Amen. So the other things cannot have the ability to guide you, the ability to lead you, or the ability to make you act the thing that God wants you to act. If we want to know how oh, God wants us to act, we have to rely on what faith is revealing to us. And faith is only, feeds only upon the word of truth. Faith comes by the word of God.
0: Amen? Yeah.
2: You can't say seeing is believing. As Brother Adam says many times, seeing is not believing. None of these senses have any ability to believe. You can't, you, yes we can be really sick, we can lost our sense of smell, and sense of taste and other things, but don't let those five senses bring us to lose the sixth sense. But rather it should halt, it should be the time for the sixth sense to take over the other five senses. Why? Because the devil can touch the other five senses, but he cannot touch the sixth sense. Amen. As long as you say with the word of God, God, I'm believing, I'm believing. Yes, I can still feel, I can still feel those things, but let the faith of God take over the other things. Amen. I'll show you an example. Many times, and we, many times, oh, we, we get me, me, misled by those five senses. They have misled us, an uh, optical illusion. and Oh, I thought you, I heard you saying this way. And uh, uh, becoming older, sometimes what you are yeah, thinking is not what is coming from the mouth. Oh, yeah, then sometimes I have discussions. But I say this. No, you didn't say it. You said, no, it really came from our mouth, this. But that's not what is the most important thing. My intention was the most important thing. Elisha was, with the five, Elisha was with his servant, brother Ed mentioned to him. He had his servants over there. And his servant was looking at it. If you have in the Bible, we can look at it, brother. Mark. You're not going to take It, it says 15. And when the servant of God was risen early and go forth and behold... And those compassed the city, both with horses and chariot. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how, shall, how shall, he, shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that with them. And the word is telling you what you see with your natural eyes here. They are not as important or stronger than what God has given us and provided to us. Oh God, may you help this servant. May you open his eyes that he can see what faith can see. And God answered that prayer and his eyes were open, and he could see the angels surrounding him. Let me encourage you this evening. The one who is with you is more str- more stronger than the one that is in the world. The one who is with us is more greater, is much greater than the one that is in the world. Amen. Because the one who is with us, is, although is invisible, is the real one. <laughs> Praise be to God. Is the real, real
1: one. Amen. I just want to.
0: Elisha had the super
2: sense that he could see the supernatural promise of God that the angel of the Lord camp around those who fear him. No matter what we are going to, as I said, the one who is greater is the one who is with us. Even when the five senses are low, don't never, do not, do not, never talk the enemy's language. Do not let the enemy make you speak his language. Let the faith speak the language of God. Don't let the enemy try to push you to speak his own language. The prophet says, he says in the message of the Lord he says, My faith is not very much. If you say that my faith is not very much, I'm not a very good Christian. That's just what the devil wants you to say. You're just talking his language right then. Don't confess what the enemy wants you to confess. See, you must never say that. Don't never let your testimony be negative let it be positive all the time i am saved i have god in my heart i believe him with all my heart yes we can make mistakes we can make the things or we can look at the wrong things but once you come back to god don't always come that is a positive confession oh god i am your son i made a mistake but i want to stand up and go forward with you do you believe in divine healing He continues with all my heart let your testimony always and your thoughts and everything never permit a negative thought to come in your mind. If you can help it. When it starts, then don't entertain it. But I'm a great message on that. Don't entertain the, right, the wrong imaginations. Don't entertain the negative thought. Push it away right away. If it comes, push it away and stand with what God's word is saying. Amen. So the enemy will continue to bring the symptoms, but let your testimony always be positive. Why would you do that? Because God is the high priest of your confession. As you're confessing the word of God, God is making your body follow the confession of the word of God. What is the body following the confession of the word of God? It means those symptoms are coming under the subjection of the word of God. Because your body and your symptoms, they come on this body. If the body comes under the subjection of the word of God, the symptoms come under the subjection of the word of God. You reject what the enemy is giving you. prophet says, accept that God's gift. Symptoms is something like, say, tomorrow, when you go home now to your place, the express agent will come up and say, are you Mr. Mrs. Doe? Yes, I'm a, I have a present for you. So, how the prophet is describing what symptoms are. He says, All right, what is it? He hands over a basket, a box, and you hear something hitting in that box. You look into it. It's a big box of snakes and rattlesnakes. Well, you don't want them things. Well, you say, I don't want them. Oh, but they are yours. Somebody sent them to you, your name, and here's the name, it's somebody sent these next to you, they are yours, you have to take them. The prophet said, no, no, in one sense the world, they are yours, in another sense they are not. You go to a doctor, you prescribe them things, in one sense, yes, I see my name there, in one sense, yes, but in another sense they are not. I'm not accepting that, I'm, I'm rejecting that, I'm resisting that, even though I still feel it, but I confess to God, God, I don't have it, your word has to supersede in my life. Those things don't have to have power in my life. Somebody sent them to you, but they're not yours until you sign for them that you have received them. When you sign, you receive them, then they're yours. Even though you feel them, this is my comment, even though you feel them, they're still not yours. Yes, I still feel weak, but they're they're not mine. The express company has to send them to the one that sent them to you. And the one that sent them to you in that situation is the devil. Send them back to you. Those symptoms belong to Satan. They don't belong to me. I'm a son and daughter of God. Well, don't sign for nothing the devil brought. No, sir, just refuse to have it. No, sir, say, I just haven't got Devil, you take it all back. That's all, I won't have it. Refuse to have your sickness, your arthritis, whatever it is. I just haven't got it, but by his stripes I'm healed. Stand right on your ground, confess it, believe it. Stay there, God will bring it to pass. No matter what it is, just believe him. Don't sign for anything. I'll tell, I'll tell you an example of the Bible of the Shunammite woman. Certainly she had very bad symptoms. She had a, daddy, a dead baby. She had a husband who was very angry, the prophet says. Well, the husband wringing his, his hands and pulling his hair, screaming, crying outside the house. And the neighbors all crying and she was in a broken heart. The baby lying in the prophet's bed. The only son, old woman, old man, and all these things, all symptoms, naturally speaking, she sees, she hears, she, all the different things. But deep inside her heart says, if I just go and meet the prophet, something will happen. If I just go and meet the Word of God, something will happen. And she goes, when she goes all the way, not talking to anybody. I don't want any other information. I don't want any other things people try to put to influence my decision. Let me go and look to what the prophet is saying. Sometimes we run quickly and check on Google, Google on the way, or check on Google. No, don't check God. God, go first to God. God, what are you going to tell me? Then what you tell me will be the right thing. And when she goes there, the servant comes to you. Is your husband fine? Yes, he's fine. Is everything fine? Yes, he's fine. Is everything good? All is well. Why all is well? Because I've met the prophet. The prophet represents the word. Once you meet the Word, all is well. In my flesh I might be weak, but deep inside of my soul, all is well. She did not look at the symptoms. She looked at the prophet. Other ministers have talked about martyr in the time of resurrection of Jesus Christ. Even though it was looked so late, but she testified, even now... Even now, all these years I've been dealing with these things, but let me tell you, even now, even now, God can still deliver you and He will deliver you. Amen. I can think of another character in the Bible, Job. Let's read it in the Bible. Familiar scriptures, but the word of God is always fresh. Job, Job chapter 1, 15, 21. And the Sabian fell upon them and took them away. Yea they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, I only I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another saying, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servant and consumed them. I'm only, I'm, I'm, I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and The Chaldeans made out these three bands and fell upon the comers and have carried them away. Yea, and slain the servant with the edge of the sword. I only escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, so there was just accumulation or aggravating the situation, what have everything he could destroy was just destroying one after another. One if the other one has not yet finished his report, another report comes, and another, another report comes, right? Another report comes. And verse 20: then Job arose and ran his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground. And what did he do? start re- re- weeping and <laughs> he fell on the ground and he worshipped God even though I hear all the symptoms, father you deserve the glory and the honor you are worthy of every Lord God let me press on with you Lord you are the strength of my life yeah. you didn't hear those reports, job yes I heard them but God is worthy of every all yeah. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return hither. The Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all these jobs, sin not, not judge God foolishly. Oh God, may you take away all that victim mentality sometimes that we have. Oh, this, all this, God, I deserve better than this. No, we don't deserve anything, it's your grace. And as we know, that was not all enough. He was not aware of the conversation behind the scene in heaven. But even though he didn't hear that conversation... Now we have that secret, that door has been opened. We know what the conversation is. We know when we are going through difficult times. Sometimes we know the conversation that is happening behind. That we know that there is a conversation and God is in control. But even didn't you know, know that the anchor even is hard, held. Amen. No other situation. I love the second part. In Job 2, Satan put all the symptoms as much as he could, he put all the symptoms. Job 2, 6, 10 says, The Lord said, And Satan, behold, is in thine hand, and save his life. So when Job from forth. So went Satan, rather, forth from the presence of the Lord and small job, with sore boils from the sole of his foot into his crown. And he took him a porch, a butcher to scrub himself with that. And he sat down among the ashes, and then said his wife upon him, "Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. Well, I always put that comment. He didn't call her uh, foolish woman. but as you speak like one of them, the, or the, one of those, or the, those foolish women, the way they speak, you speak like one of them why shall we receive good at the hand of god shall we not receive evil in all these did not job sin with his lips why he didn't want because he knew oh praise be to god he knew that god was faithful Amen. he knew that something was real at had a connection with god other than that, that we have that open door, we know that Satan cannot do anything to us unless God allows him to do anything. Yeah. He can put all kinds of symptoms, but he cannot touch your life. The one who has the final decision for our lives is
1: God himself. Yeah. Let's skip something and save time. The prophet says,
2: talking about symptoms, says... Everybody's petition is 53. Everybody's always looking at their symptoms. The pastor will pray for them. They go over and say, well, I don't seem to be any better. Well, that's not healing. Symptoms is the worst thing That that's one of the greatest scarecrows the devil's got. Symptoms don't. Have nothing to do with it. It's because God said so. It's the greatest, it's the one of the greatest scarecrows that the devil has got. If the devil is one of the greatest scarecrows, he will present symptoms. Scarecrows is something presented in order to frighten, but it's not really dangerous. It's what the devil and the symptoms are to the real born again believer. Every time you see a scarecrow, remember, it's something good around it. It will present a scarecrow, but if you are Christians, there is something good around it. Sometimes we can get sick, but they put us on our knees and we pray. And when we came out of it, we say, oh, we look back at it. Say, oh, God, praise be to God. Through that experience, I realize how powerful we were or to that experience I went through, we might be at work and other situations, oh God, the way you gave me the deliverance, I know you in another attribute in a greater way than I had before. Why? Because as a Christian, there is always good something around it. Yeah. Yeah. The devil will always point to the thing that scares the five senses in order to affect our mind. He will never point to the word of God. It will always point to the thing that threatens and scares, but never to the word of God. Before Israel possessed the land, the devil came and pointed to the negative things. Never to the positive things, always to the negative things. Look at the giant, look at the walls, look at the different things you're going to face. we cannot, never going to possess it. But as a believer, oh, Caleb and Joshua even though that giant over there, this land belongs to us. We are more than able. We are more than a conqueror. There will be a bride in the worst age ever. There are going to be an overcoming bride. Praise be to God. The same scarecrow in the time of Joshua. That the same scarecrow that came in the time of Saul. In the time of Goliath. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, 11, One soul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistines. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. But let me tell you, when the same scarecrow came in the presence of David, David the real eagle, he already had an experience before with those kind of scarecrows. I know you are only a scarecrow. It means there is something behind this scarecrow. It means if I can overcome this scarecrow, there's going to be something greater that God is going to reveal. If he had delivered me from the lion and from the bear, he can deliver me from this scarecrow. It's only there, but there is nothing dangerous behind it. It's carrying the whole tribe, but let me tell you, I'm going to destroy this scarecrow. We know the story. David... As he's having the conversation with 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 the giant, the giant, David told to the giant, "Thy comest with me as a sword with a spear with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the army of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. Amen. I will smite thee and take thine hand from thee." I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth. Die, that all the earth may know that there is God in Israel. Sometimes God makes us go through certain situations to prove that there is God still in the land. To prove that God is still in control of our lives. That's why we can glorify God in the midst of the symptoms. Why? They don't mean anything. God is in control. Yeah. Scarecrows are there, let's say, to create fear. You know, the prophet took an example and says, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, you can actually be burned really in the natural, you can be burned in the natural, but let me tell you, that burn is not going to hurt you as long as you don't have any fear. If you have fear, the fear that you are burned, then it's going to create damage. But as long as you don't have fear, it might not burn you. What burns is the fear, and the fear is the worst curse on the people. As we heard on Sunday, what we need is love. Let perfect love cast away all fear. God, give us more of your perfect love. Fear is actually what makes people die. God of the prophet. Be fear is what makes people die. If people tell you you have a cancer, if the person didn't know that he had a cancer, he could have lived for a long time, but once it has been declared, and if fear adds up to that, it's the fear that kills the person, not the cancer that kills the person. Don't let fear kill people. Let the love of God give life to people. Once the symptom comes, may God help us to learn to shake those symptoms off. We don't deny that you got those symptoms. You don't deny that you get burned. But you can have the power through the word of God to shake off those, those symptoms. Amen. I see that with my little children all the time. He's the youngest one. there's the younger ones you know, that just carefree. He can hurt himself and he still runs, still runs, still runs. And he heals very fast. And the older one, he will be there checking all the time. Daddy, look. Daddy, look. Daddy, look. Daddy, look. And you have to understand that all the time. Oh, he's full of fear. But the other one is just running. It hurts. He still keep running. I said, How oh, does he, This little one have that strength? Where does he come from? He's just ignoring all the symptoms. <laughs> May God make us like those children. Act twenty-eight, three six. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks. Let them on the fire. There came a viper out of the heat and fast on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered not to live. But Paul, what was his attitude? He just shook off the beast under the fire and felt no harm. How could you not feel harm? Because God gave him a promise, you shall stand in the presence of Caesar. No matter what comes on the way, God is going to be with you. Let me tell you, no matter what comes on the way, God is going to stand with us. There is a bride that will go into the rapture, and we are one of that. The barbarian was waiting for the symptoms, but the super sense in Paul just superseded the symptoms. Because of the promise that God has already given to you. God has given us a promise he will not lose none of us. If you are in my, if you are in my hand, no one can pluck you out of my hand. Glory to God. Look at the scarecrows. It's strange in the time that you are living. You tell people, and you can be at work or any other person. Oh, you know, God, I, I, I still go to church once a week if, Or twice a week, depending on the availability on the places, and as we are rotating. Oh, you still go to church. Oh, be careful. Oh Mo is that dangerous? The things running around, you know that? Yes, I know. But the same person is there in the restaurant when the restaurant are open. Is there shopping? Oh, today is my day of shopping. You don't know that it's dangerous to shop. (laughs) Huh? <laughs> scarecrows but as the believers we know that when he put those scarecrows there is a blessing behind it Satan get behind let me stay in the presence of God I shall receive blessing from God the scarecrow you don't put it on a sour apple tree but on a good apple tree <laughs> praise be to God Worst case of symptoms, as we all know, Jonah. He had the worst of them. All the five senses were affected. Whatever he could touch around, it was only the fish. Whatever he could smell, the bad things of the fish. Whatever he could see, the bad things of the fish. Whatever he could, he could even hear, if he could hear anything, it was only the, the intestine of the fish and every other thing So in a very bad shape, properly quarantined in a lockdown, no output, no going out, completely in the darkness. But look at the expression of Jonah when the time of like this in Jonah 1, 2, 1, 4, it says,
1: I think I put it to save time. Brothers, you have it, you can, oh, I have it.
2: Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou thou hearest my voice. For me, it doesn't sound like someone who's really going through those symptoms. Because he's putting things in the past. God, you have already heard me. You have already rescued me. But are you are still in the midst of those symptoms. Yes, but God has already heard me. God has already delivered me. Brother John, Brother John preached on that for young people. It was good. For the heads cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All my billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I'm cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards the holy temples many times we don't want to testify when we are in the midst of the symptoms oh no i'm waiting when it will be over then i can testify that god has healed me i don't want to put any reproach on the word of god what if i don't get healed No, it's, god, the prophet says it's actually a reproach when you don't testify before you get healed. you need to say god has already healed That's when the testimony has more value you'll bring a reproach if you don't testify it and we see that in the life of our brother ron spencer even though he's going through that he's giving a testimony god has already healed me i will come out of this victorious oh god give us more faith like that made me think of that young couple there the prophet came and prayed for that for the well, not all young couple old couple he came and prayed for the young boy he was still sick and he came and prayed for the, the young boy says god bless you and the couple started already rejoicing and the nurse looking there how can you be rejoicing you don't see the symptoms you don't see how body, you don't see how his tension of arterial tension is going down. Nobody has ever recovered from that situation. Oh, the old descent! Just look at that. Oh, my, my, my nurse. That's all you have been trained to look at, and it's correct. Those five senses for you, they work perfectly fine. They also work for me perfectly fine. I see the same thing you see, but there is a greater superstar that sees more than what the senses can see. John Ryan was going in the same, being in the same situation of the symptoms, the same thing he couldn't see, he couldn't see, the same He He asking for help to cross the road, the same situation, but he kept testifying, I'm healed. <laughs> I am healed, and one day he said it for the last time, I am healed, and he was really healed. We know the situation of Brother Banam with the stomach situation. Oh, I can't eat it, I can't eat it, I can't eat it, but I'm going to eat it. Brother Banam, are you feeling good? Yes, very good but you are lying because you are not feeling good. oh these five senses I can still feel them but deep inside of me I'm very good he want to throw it all. Oh, I'm putting it back again I'm fighting he want to give me this, this flu I'm giving back to him he want to make me vomit yes I vomit but I, I stand again oh, I'm feeling good but Ron says the music is more important than suffering I keep pressing on I don't want to rely on the thing that I'm telling in the background, but when I'm in the front line, I say, God is with us. Oh, yeah. Coming back to Jonah. Jonah 2, 7, 10. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came unto me into thine holy temple. They that I observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But the one says, the symptoms are lying vanities so if you observe those lying vanities you are forsaking your own mercy lying vanities forsaking your own mercies and it continues but i will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving i will pay that i have vowed salvation is of the lord as he was praying and testifying. Then the 10th verse, then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out of the dry land. Amen. Praise be to God. Observing lying vanities causes very worry. Worry could not do nothing but make me worse. You know, sometimes you can be there, you listen to the radio, listen to whatever. Then, oh, you know, even then, you start feeling like what you just listened few minutes ago you didn't feel anything, but what do you listen make you feel the way you are. What's going on? Satan, lying vanities. Worry can do nothing but make me worse. What good is it going to do to have faith? It can deliver me. Worry has no virtue at it, but the faith has all virtue. Amen. That's why David could say at the beginning. I have hated them that regard lying vanities. I trust in the Lord. Amen. Satan is only a bluff. What is a bluff? A bluff is to mislead someone by presenting a bold and strong and self confident front. He's a bluffer, but he has no strength. You know, as a, if you're walking two dogs, you usually see that. If you see two dogs and they're meeting a small one and a big one. The small one always barks a lot. Because he wants to bluff. He wants to intimidate the big one. He knows that he's not strong enough. So he has to bark as much as he can. But the other one just look at him. smelling. him. Oh, this is nothing. That's why the devil is there. Just bluffing, bluffing. But no strength. It's like a roaring lion as no teeth. It's a bark, but no arrows. But God is the real lion. And he's honor me, amen. Praise be to God. Symptoms have only one motive is to aggravate the situation. If you look in Mark 9 17, 19, just going to quote it to save time. You see, there when they're bringing that little child to the master, once they bring that little child to the master, then the spirit on that little boy they bring to the master. Is actually deaf and dumb. But once they bring him to the master, he starts rolling on the floor and everything. What is deaf and dumb has to do with what he's doing there? The enemy is aggravating the situation because he knows that the end is there. Yeah. Whenever we have a situation, the devil likes to aggravate the situation when he knows that he is the end of the road. So it's a good news for believers. More symptoms, there is deliverance coming on the way. If you see in the time of Moses, when Moses comes, the first day that he comes and says, you know, deliverance is on the way, then Pharaoh has come and has multiplied and aggravated all the burden upon them. Some of them were not strong. They start complaining, Moses, you are not the deliverer. You, You are nothing. Because they're looking at the things, on the symptom, but they have no strength. Exodus 5. Once you make a decision to yield more to God, then see the opposition from the devil. He will come and put all the obstacles, but don't look at that. The prophet will take even actually an example and put it in the cataract. He says, You see, I pray for the people for the cataract, and they're healed. And the next thing is, they become even worse than before, but they're healed. I'm taking this example because we can relate to that. But once the symptoms aggravate, don't lose your faith. Because the enemy knows that in the end, so he has to aggravate things to you so that you don't focus on the Word of God. You start focusing on the symptoms and then you lose faith in the Word of God. That's, that's his strategy. Amen? But well, we thank God for the message of the hour. The prophet's called is the best sign. When the symptoms are aggravating, it's the best, best sign that God has delivered you. That's the best sign that in the world that you are healed. Musicians can start coming. You pray for your loved ones. When you see the situation is getting worse, don't give up. Is Satan trying to aggravate the situation? But deliverance is on the way. But when I will take the example of Zacchaeus, it will be there, will be there. and you was nice to Rebecca, but on the day of the visitation, he becomes nervous, he becomes restless. that, he starts maybe responding in a hard way. But his son was so nice. Why this all of a sudden? His changes become so hard. Don't give up faith or praying for that son or for your loved ones or whatever. God is working on him. Don't let the symptoms take you away for the blessing that is on the way. Symptoms are only blessings in disguisement. I'm going to surprise you with this statement. You had an heart attack, prophet says, talking to someone, you had a heart attack about nine months ago, something like that, and you are scared to death. Now that it's going to come back again, cause you got a nervous heart, and brother, don't you believe that? That will bring it on you. Refuse to believe the lie of the devil. When a man has a heart attack, he's stronger than he was at the first place. You believe with all your heart, then go rejoicing, praising God, and be over your trouble. Go and be happy and rejoice. So what is the secret? When you're in the midst of the symptoms, just praise God. Paul and Silas knew that secret. In the midst of all the troubles that we are here, it's just a scarecrow. There's something, blessing behind it. So let us just better start praising the Lord because God is in control of the situation.
1: Let's sing it together. Do you love the Lord? Leaning, leaning on the everlasting.
0: What a fellowship, what a joy divine. Leaning off the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine.
2: on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the vials of the enemy. One of the vials of the enemy is the symptoms, but we
1: are going to lean on God's word all the time. Let's sing together, live by faith, living by faith.
0: I care not today what tomorrow may bring, if shadow or sunshine the rain.